This is our show. This is our show, all right? Welcome to the Unofficial Review, the podcast for Cowboys fans by Cowboys fans, with your hosts, Matt Clare and Jared Evans. How do I say goodbye? And welcome for joining us on the unofficial review. It's a sad day today. It is so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. But I am your co-host, Jared Evans, and with me on the other microphone is Matt Clare. Matt, it's been a couple days. Have you had enough time to to mourn your loss? <laughs> yeah, I got over it uh, quick, a lot quicker than I thought. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all the little things that you'll see or... Uh, maybe you'll think about the game or you'll see a highlight or something or a tweet. I don't know. But, yeah, no, it sucks. Yeah, Monday was, was really, really tough. Um, I just couldn't stop thinking about it all day. Um, I just kept seeing the vision of Jared Cook catching that ball on the sideline over and over and over again all day on Monday. Uh, yesterday got a little easier. And then, um, and, um, you know, today I'm – you know, trying my best to look at the good that happened this year, and there's there's a lot of that, and, and we'll get into some of that later. But uh, let's jump right into the game, man. I mean, there's, you know, I know by the time people listen to this, um, some of this they're going to have heard a few times, and so, but, but that's okay. Um, but I just kind of want to go through, you know, what went wrong, uh, what went right, and, and some, some biggest takeaways. Matt, I guess without going into too much detail, what what was the one thing that when this game was over and you had you've had time to reflect on it, and you look back on it? What's the one thing you look at it and, and that you say, okay, this is what I learned about our team? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've said this continuously, and we got away from it. The more and more success that the team had, but uh, I feel like when we started, like episode one and two, we were, we talked about playing with house money and. You know, we talked about enjoying what these rookies were doing, and you know, maybe that got redundant week after week with with the seasons that they were able to have. But um, you know, not even. I mean, obviously, we've just come to expect the the runs and the the effort and the averages from Zeke. But just with Prescott, I think you know, after a day or so to to really see what he did, you know, obviously, you know, there were some things that that were mistakes. Uh, but I think he went toe to toe with one of the best in the NFL. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just I think that the team was a little rusty and it it really put him in a bad spot. But I thought he played really well. And it just gives you uh, just a lot of good vibes going into next year versus, um, you know, what a lot of people pretty much assume going into this season, which was, you know, we're almost hurt again. You know, will he ever be the same? Okay, well, who's going to play quarterback? Is it going to be this rookie we drafted in the fourth round? Kellen Moore, Mark Sanchez. I mean, you know, nobody cared, to be honest. And, and yeah, they're always going to be Cowboys fans, but nobody was thinking that any of this would happen. So uh, what went right was that, you know, Dak Prescott went out there and he did his thing, and he, he ended up with, uh, you know, a, a very, very good game uh, when all was said and done. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think in his first game he could have folded, but he uh, – you know, he, he didn't let the team quit and he let him back and, and they had an opportunity to, you know, clearly take it into overtime and try to win. And it didn't happen. But 
Um, you know, I don't think anybody can say Dallas didn't go down without a fight, and he's a, a very big reason for that. Absolutely. I mean, that that's my biggest what went right thing. And I, I kind of have to call myself out a little bit because, you know, we were watching that game together. And by the way, Matt, maybe we need to, next time we're in the playoffs, we need to maybe not watch the first round together because this is, uh, we're starting a trend here um, with losses. But, uh, you know, I, we're watching the game. We're down 21 to 3. And I look at you, and I, and, and I think da- Dallas gets the ball back, and this was right before the end of the half. And I told you, I was like, look, if, if we get stopped here, if Dallas gets stopped here and then Green Bay scores again, I got to go with Tony in the second half. And I and and you remember me saying that to you. And I mean as soon as I said that, Dak took that team right down the field. They scored. They made it a game going going into the half and the moment you just felt the momentum start to shift a little bit in the Cowboys' favor and and then in the second half, I mean, if they just hadn't dug such a big hole in the first half, um, you know, Dak that second half performance by Dak, may, it has to be one of the best two quarters of football a rookie has ever had in postseason play. It was it was it was un- unbelievable what he did, and and after that, I'm I'm calling myself out because I should have known better, Matt. I mean, we've seen this kid do this all year. Just when you start to doubt him, he comes back and says, "Okay, well, I'll, let me show you this," and he's mm-hmm. done it all year. And so I should have known better. And you, you, in the heat of the moment, you're watching, and you, you know you have Tony Romo on the sideline, and you're down by three scores, and you think, well, well something's got to be different. And that's just the easy thing to say. So I got kind of caught up in that, and, and, and I was wrong. I mean, there, there's no more talk about Tony Romo. There's just not. I mean, I, I know the media is going to push that. I know, I know Jerry is uh, kind of leaving it dangling out there in the wind for people to speculate um, but look, that, that, that this decision for me is clear from now on. You'll never hear me suggest that Tony Romo should be the quarterback of this team again. And it's not anything against Tony. It's just that I, I'm, I'm tired of being proven wrong by Dak Prescott. He does it over and over and over again. And, and that second half performance was, I mean, he, he went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers and it, and in no way was Dak's fault at all that they lost that game. Yeah, no, it's very impressive, and I mean, and I, I mean, just to kind of segue into what I think went wrong was, um, you know, we could probably go back and listen to the podcast where we're, we're commenting on the fact that the the owners coming out and the coaches coming out saying, you know, no, we we rested guys in the past and that didn't work out for us. You know, we're gonna we're gonna keep playing everyone. We're gonna keep playing everyone. Well. You know, the the minute that they clinched, all that went out the window. And, you know, okay, maybe, maybe you know, I'll meet you in the middle and say, okay, fair enough. You know, you had to assume that was that was probably going to be the case to an extent. But, I mean, you know, that Philly game ended up being treated like a preseason game pretty much. And, uh, and nobody played. Then you had the week off. I mean, you know, you can't – nobody can, can legitimately tell me – you know, yes, I know Aaron Rodgers is good, and yes, I know the defense didn't have the start that they wanted to. Well, they didn't. They didn't have the start they wanted to against Detroit either. But that has nothing to do with the offense and and what the, what they did. And uh, I feel like the the play calling was was you know something that we'll, we'll obviously talk about. Um, and, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. But the fact of the matter was the the offense just stumbled out of the block, and um, and really, 
it was penalties that that ended up just shooting themselves in the foot and and i don't know you just those are tried and true things that if you do that you fall behind you're doing it to yourself i mean you just knew that that was the only thing about this game that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth because for so many years now uh really good cowboys teams get into the playoffs or they they play this way the whole year and over the course of four quarters uh, you know that they're losing the game, but you also know that they're going to make it really interesting and it's going to come down to the fourth quarter or overtime and it's either going to go your way or it's not. And of course, that's why we're all, you know, such addicted to it and, and there's so much fandom. Uh, but it's just so much of it has been, you know, all the good stuff happens in the regular season and all the heart wrenching moments continually keep happening in the playoffs. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, the the break and in, in the time that they took off. I mean, look, I'm not saying that I'm not throwing that completely out as as a contributing factor. I mean, I think it's possible that that contributed, but I, it's way down my list because what is way much higher to me is uh, is some of the play calling, and it wasn't all game. I mean, look, the very first offensive drive of the the off, very first offensive series for the Cowboys. They're driving down the field. They made it look easy. And then they get to, uh, I think it was third and uh, two, and they 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 throw a deep post to Dez and double coverage instead yeah. of running the ball. To me, that's all. You could go, go right back to then is where they lost this game. And then they ended up settling for a field goal on the first drive. And you and I both looked at each other and thought, oh, that's, you know, field goals aren't going to do it. And so that kind of set. And then the Rodgers just boom, boom, right down the field. Exactly. So I, you know, and and then, and then I think it might have been the the next series or another series after that was the the, the crazy um, penalty against Butler that you know we had never I've never seen that before in my life. I don't. I've looked at it over and over and over again. He wasn't even really in the huddle. What is a huddle now? What is a huddle is being debated. I don't know, but I know that that was another very big. There's there's about four plays that just really were the dagger to the heart for the Cowboys, and there were two third downs where they didn't run the ball. That Butler play, and then and then the other one, which was on defense, which we can get to later, but was Aaron Rodgers had Hulk hands to hold onto the ball, and when Jeff Heath sacked him on uh, the second of the last offensive play of the game, I mean. You know, so there, there were. Just, I think those three plays to me, or those four plays to me, are more important than the Jared Cook catch. Yeah, no, they're pretty important. I I feel like a lot's been given to. I mean, it's like the more people are analyzing that video than the Zapruder film. I mean, <laughs> I, I, about the Butler look, penalty. Well, no, I'm talking about the the. How did he hold on to the ball? Yeah. I saw that and I was like, well, I guess I need to watch it again. I mean. Uh, you know, I, I've seen quarterbacks hold on to the ball before, but yeah, it was a big play, and and he deserves credit. But I mean, gosh, I, you know, let's let's from the fan point of view, right? That's what we do. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, I was tweeting all caps. You know, you cannot stop uh, 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 Jeff Heath. You can only hope to contain him. And then seconds later, little to the did I know that none of that was going to matter and barely anybody would remember the Jeff Heath play until two days later when everybody starts talking about, oh, how did he not fumble? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, obviously I didn't think of that, but I was so busy 
thinking, oh, my God, Jeff Heath has we won thought, almost two interceptions, and now this huge sack. We're going to win this game. Yeah, we thought uh, this, is game. Go, this is our going our way. Yeah, because we thought it's third and 20. There's no way they 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 get that they get a first down and get that ball in field goal range. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot has been made this week, Matt, about the kneel um, on the Cowboys' last offensive series. I don't know. You and I haven't really talked about that. And I don't really remember remember what we were saying about it during the time. I think in the heat of the moment, live, we just thought, okay, kneel the ball. You know, we have another timeout. You know, to me, in thinking about it, you know, in it, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I think there are a couple of different things, and I I don't think kneeling was the problem. I think not converting on that third down was the problem. That is another situation where I would have run the ball because you have a timeout. You're already in field goal range. Run the ball another play and then call timeout if you don't get it and then kick the field goal. And I know Garrett said, look, we're trying to score a touchdown there. You've got the best running back in the league. He, You yeah. saw him against Pittsburgh break that to the house. Well, so, at least you know, at least move the pocket and give your mobile quarterback an option to to do his own thing. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I thought you like, know, I don't like the play call after the kneel down. That's what I didn't like. I mean, because I think in the heat of the moment, you look at the clock. You have one timeout. There's 38 seconds left, and you just have the ball just inside your field goal range. You think, okay, well, if I if I spike it here, and I say I'm saying kneel down, you know what I mean. Uh, clock the clock play, not yeah, yeah, kneel yeah. it. They spiked it. If you it, you're, it, as a coach, you're thinking, well, I have 40 seconds here. If I if I can spike it here and I have a timeout, man, I have a lot to work with here, and I can score a touchdown. That's what he was thinking. I don't blame Garrett for that. I really don't. What I have a problem with was the very next play, not converting on that third down. That's what hurt him because it was an incomplete pass because they didn't run the ball, so it didn't take any more time off the clock. Then it's fourth down, and you have to kick the field goal, and then you give Rodgers all that time. So that I, that that was my thoughts on the uh, on the spike that has been uh, much talked about this week. Yeah, I mean, I I think you know the crowd was going nuts. Uh, it was a packed house. The adrenaline. I mean, think about how crazy it was at the bar we were at, and let alone you know AT and T Stadium. So. The fact of uh, people saying, oh, you know, because Garrett basically kind of jumped on the sword and he said, oh, well, you know, that was our call. We wanted to we wanted to clock the ball and blah, blah. Well, no way, because there's no way he could have heard that in his helmet. I mean, those that's not that sophisticated of audio. I I don't believe that that. decision was all on Dak. Yeah, I think in the heat of the moment, he made that decision. Um, Now. Like you said, we're we're doing the it's not even Monday morning quarterback. This is we're recording this on Wednesday night, so it's the right. way after the fact quarterback. But you know, fact of the matter is, I'm just trying to think about it with you know maybe the most common sense, right? Place is going nuts. Uh, everybody's running around trying to get in place. He decides to clock it, right? You know, and he's a rookie. You know, now remember the Pittsburgh game. Maybe one day he fakes it and. Throws it to to Dez for a touchdown, like uh, like uh, Roethlisberger and, and Antonio Brown did against the Cowboys this year. Um, yeah, and, you know, and that's the other scenario, the other option that I've heard people are, um, you know, just run up and, and call another play. Uh, you know, run up. You have the you have their backs against the wall. You have them on their yeah. heels. Run and up they there. Can't, they can't. They can't uh, substitute. You know? Right. So I, I get that too. I, I guess I'm not saying 
uh, spiking it wasn't the wrong decision. I'm saying live in the heat of the moment, I don't know that I would have done any different. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. No, I I completely agree with that. That's uh, yeah. We we see eye to eye there. I guess uh, I guess what what I was saying is is that you know ultimately even if they even if they wouldn't have spiked the ball, you still have to convert, like you said. So you know the fact of the matter was the pass got batted down. Uh, they they called a, a safe play, and the Packers called enough pressure, the right defense, or or their player made a play. Bottom line. Uh, but you kick the field goal and and you that's when you give Aaron Rodgers eternity. And I'm not so much, you know, again, 35 seconds with two timeouts is a long time. Uh, but for it to for it to have played out the way that it did, my biggest beef was not with I mean, I don't know. Teams get lucky um, and, and, and they were getting a lot of the bounces. I mean, hell, he, you talked about him holding on to the ball for that sack. Yeah, another one where his eyes wasn't even his eyes weren't even on the ball. He fumbles. Montgomery's not even looking at it. It just sort of jumbles around and ends up in his hands. I mean, that was another lucky break. And then and then the ball, the the one touchdown pass where it just Sean Lee. seemed to just slip right through <laughs> Sean Lee's helmet and That's arms. Wasn't it? You know, yeah. So I mean, anyway, tip of the cap to those guys, but. Um, Hell, I don't know. I mean, my my biggest problem, and, and you know, I've said it over and over again, is is that last play. You ru- you rush three guys. You know, you rush three guys against you know arguably the best quarterback, if not second best quarterback in the NFL. You know, a guy that has skins on the wall, and a guy who had just been like just chopping up your defense all day, and you you rush three, and then after the fact. I think I shared it with you, but you could see an overhead shot of where this guy catches the ball and how there are seven, seven Cowboys defenders, like 10, what was that? 10 or 15 yards further down the field. I mean, what were they going to do? I mean, anyway, I don't know. I, uh, it was, it was a, it was a bang, bang thing, but I, I don't understand why you rush three and give him the opportunity to sit back there, load up and, and take his shot. I, I just, I that, don't get it. That last play could, could be, uh, micro analyzed in so many different ways. And I, so if you go back and look at the week six game, that's how they beat Rogers, but that's how they beat a very off Rodgers. They beat him then. They did a lot of three-man rushes and dropped everybody back. And and they they covered the receivers, and, and Rodgers just wasn't really on. I mean, he didn't play a terrible game. If you look at the numbers, it wasn't that bad. But the difference, the difference was in this game is that he was putting it every time in the only place where Green Bay could, the, the Green Bay could, receiver could catch it and they would be covered and still catch it. I don't think one thing I don't think enough has been said this this one thing I don't think has been said enough this week is uh how great the Green Bay receivers were. They made some phenomenal catches. I mean, we all know about the Jared Cook catch, but all of them they were making contested catches all day. So well, I mean, I think as close as the game was and and all I, these I, things aside, you know, one team played to win from a coaching and player perspective, and one team played, you know, not to make the big mistake or to not to take too much risk. And well, I think they just underestimated Rodgers because of the Week Six game. I really do. 
I don't. Nah, no way. They no way that guy had been on fire. They'd played him before. They'd lost to him before. I don't. I just don't think. I don't believe they were. Uh, you know. I guess well, maybe, maybe they, I don't maybe agree they with they the overestimated their ability to stop him. I mean, um, either way, they made a miscalculation. And to me, the the biggest issue I have on the last play is you. The second half, they made some stops by blitzing and getting to Rodgers and making him uncomfortable and throwing he didn't want to. That's how they that's how they gained their lead. I mean, not gained their lead, but that's how they came back in the game. They made that's how they made the stops that allowed them to get in the situation that they were in. And then on the last play, they abandoned that. I mean, the the, yeah. the very play before that, they do a safety blitz with your number four safety on the depth chart and you get to him. And then that's my whole point is that, that we let him sit back and play Madden football uh, because he had that much time to throw the ball. He literally got to play. I mean, that's, that is a story. He got to play schoolyard ball and, and he literally made up his own play. And, you know, maybe that's what threw the defense off. I don't know. We'll probably never know. Uh, but, fact of the matter is a bunch of them ended up wandering into no man's land while uh, Jarrett Cook made a play. And you know, I, know, I know a lot of people were dogging on Byron Jones, but I don't think he had a bad game. And he's a hell of a player and a, a young guy that's going to continue getting better. Yeah. Uh, but but you let the, the, the best player on the field was Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knew that uh, by that point in the game, it was very abundantly clear. And I don't know. I mean, I think it, it, you know, I'm not sitting here with my pitchfork or anything, but, you know, after we've been given Marinelli so much praise all year, I think he can take, you know, one hit of saying, what the hell guy, you know, what were you doing? Let's put some pressure on him. You know, it just worked, you know, maybe not even, I'm not even saying Russia safety again, but rush four guys, you know, run a stunt, do something, you know, it's going to, you know, what kind of play it's going to be. Yeah, and I think you know one thing, Matt, that you and I try to try to be, and 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 we we pride ourselves on is yes, we, we look, we're we're fans, and we're you know we're not, we're not scouts or whatever, but but we also try to be common sense fans that that know a, a, enough about the game to draw certain conclusions and not be irrational. And I you know I've seen all kinds of garbage on Twitter, you know, fire Marinelli, fire Linehan, fire Garrett. Um, cut Byron Jones. I've seen it all this week. I mean, and I understand fans are upset, but look, Jason Garrett just got named in a, uh, just got named Coach of the Year. I think that was announced today. There's a reason for that. I mean, he's done a he's done a good job. And we've praised Linehan and Marinelli all year, especially Marinelli because going into this year, we thought this defense was going to be absolute trash. We thought they were going to be absolute trash, and so did they. Did did their Weaknesses come to fruition in the playoffs, maybe, maybe, but you got to also understand that. I mean, look at the, the the stats in this game, which we haven't even really gone into. It's it's uncanny how close these two teams were on the team stats. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. First downs, Green Bay twenty seven, Dallas twenty five. Um, total plays sixty three, sixty four. Total yards four thirteen, four twenty nine. Um, yards per play, 6.6, 6.7. You can go on and on and on and down here. The only, the only big difference is rushing yards where we, we kick their tails in. 
But even turnovers, we had one each. I mean, time of possession, 29 minutes, 30 minutes. This game was that close down the line the whole way. It literally came down to two or three plays, and that was it. So, I, you know, as much as people are upset and, they, they you know, they want to fire everybody <laughs> in this uh-huh. or the other, I mean, look, if you don't give Scott Linehan and, Mar- and Rod Marinelli credit for this 13-win season, then you're crazy. And and I know I know you see that. I'm more you know talking to people out in Twitter land and whatever. Look, and you're right. We 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 can we we have the right as fans to say, look, you know, guys, we we should have handled this this playoff situation better because we let an opportunity pass, and that and that's fine to do. Um, but we also need to acknowledge the job that these coaches did throughout this whole season. And I know nobody wants to hear that right now, but it's true. No, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I just uh, I think everybody knows that, especially like I said, you know, you get upset about the loss, but uh, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not one of those people that's gonna say fire anybody. I don't think that's right. I, th- I think they're doing it the right way, and and they have a very young team. Um, what I will say though is that we better. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to harp on coordinators because I think that those two can possibly learn from this and and as uh, Dak and Zeke get older and more trustworthy then some of these things might work themselves out. Uh, but Jason Garrett, look, you know he's been the head coach for a while now, um, and and he's got a lot of nice toys to play with, um, and and continually we have to hear about. Uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We we have these mantras. You know, I'm not going to get into all of them and and you know be too sarcastic here. But the the bottom line is, you know, at some point in time, you know, stop losing the big game. You know, stop, uh, stop, stop. You know, doing so well in the regular season and then falling flat in the playoffs. I know a lot of those things are are you know you run into a buzzsaw like a Rogers or something like that. But but look, I think history will tell that this was not. A, a really great Packers team. You know, it was a really good Packers offense, but that defense, I mean, I think Zeke could have just gone off, and I thought he was very poorly used, um, and I think it goes back to, to the coach, really. I don't think, you know, I know everybody has their opinion on Jerry, but I think he sat him in Philadelphia, and I think, you know, I, I think that he uh, has a lot to do with the offense and, and what they decided to do, and um, well, Jerry, you know, the f- Jerry said this week on the fan, I mean, he, he came right out and said that he thought we should have run the ball more and that we should have better utilized Zeke. And yeah. so, so no, I, you know, look, Jason Garrett, I, there are, it, it's crazy. You know, I, as fans, you want the complete package. I love him in terms of his message and leadership, his, his on field decisions in the game have, have just left you scratching your heads a lot of times so look i get all that and that, to me that that the 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 running the ball thing look i i asked you earlier what your biggest takeaway from this was or the biggest conclusion you draw that's mine I, the 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 most frustrating part of this game is we look we are Joe Schmoes. We are fan podcast, right? We we're doing this out of our dining rooms, for God's sake. And and what we said the entire time leading up to this game is everybody knew the way to beat this team was to run the ball. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that. 
And then yet, on third and two and third and one, we're dropping back to pass and going to try to do a 30-yard completion into Dez and double coverage or or a screen pass, which I, I've heard was, was Dak's call on a run pass option. I don't know. I'm just saying, we all knew what the formula was. You know, we... <laughs> It's, we knew the recipe to make, to, to bake a, a chocolate cake, and we ended up with a vanilla one and lost the game. We didn't understand why. It's because we used yeah. the wrong recipe. That was really frustrating. I mean, it was, it was really frustrating, too. It's easy to point out the third downs, but it's also like, to me, the first down passes. And the first down passes that aren't even play action, it's just you're passing just because you think you need to have this balance. Well, I'm sorry, but if, like, I mean, the average doesn't lie. The numbers do not lie. He was getting five yards of play, four yards of play. I mean, that to me, what was that's just that blew my mind. And I, I get it. The fact that they got down early contributed to this, but yeah, I mean, that's garbage, though, Matt. Because it's the middle of the second quarter. There's still so much game left to play. That being down by two scores, that's not a, that. That's we know we've seen that not be enough to to abandon your game plan. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've heard people say that too. They got down. I don't, I don't buy that either. I mean, to me, um, and I can't force. I haven't been able to force myself to watch the game again. But I'd love mm-hmm. to know how many times they ran the ball twice in a row because I know there were a lot of times where they they did run it on first or second down, and you know we were like run it again run it again and then what do they do they go out four or five wide and throw the ball that that was the most frustrating thing and we're not crazy we're not saying run the ball every down i'm just saying run it more than you did and and utilize that strength that you have of your team and it that that was just so frustrating and um and I, my hope is that linehan garrett and anybody else involved in that decision making learns from it yeah, I mean that's that's I guess that's what started the whole conversation is they've got to show improvement from that. I mean, I don't know. I think the playoffs though in the future, I think where they've gone so wrong is the playoffs is where you just you put it all out there, right? I mean, you make a risky decision, you do something, you pull out a play that you know nobody's seen, but especially I don't know. I mean, make the other team beat you and i don't think they did that enough on offense i think that you know playmakers made plays no the craziest the wildest thing to me though jared is we'll sit there and you know we'll analyze this thing to death but if i would have told you that the cowboys scored 31 points prescott had 302 (laughs) yards with three touchdowns elliot had 125 yards rushing and then des bryant had two touchdowns and 132 rushing uh, receiving yards what would you say what would you think? There's no happened? way. We, there's no way we lose this game. Yeah, and 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 yet we did. So that's why it was just such a kick to the nuts, and um, you know something that clearly uh, you know we're we're still uh, getting over. But man, it's just kind of like you know the more we talk about it, it's like it's still wild that that happened. Um, but hey, uh, there's uh, there's always next year. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, in, in look, I mean, look, there's a lot, as, as frustrating as this loss was, there, uh, we, we said it all year, go back to spring that for that, that uh, preseason game when Tony went down, 
we thought this year was just another lost year. And so there's a lot to be excited about for the future. Um, there's, you know, the, this is going to, this is, if things continue this way, this is going to go down as one of the best draft classes ever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we haven't even seen Jalen Smith or Charles Tapper yet. So, um, there's a lot of reason to be positive about the future. And I, and I get all that. It, um, it, you know, just you, 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 you get in these situations, you get home field advantage in the first seed and that, you know, to lose, you know, if you, if you squeak in as a wild card and, and are one and done in the playoffs, that's one thing, but to, to do this and have the year that they had and lose that first playoff game, that it, it it's just soul crushing. It's like, I, I explained this to somebody at work. I said, you know, it's it's like it's like somebody ripped your heart out and then stuffed a porcupine a porcupine in in the body cavity where your heart was. Oh, that, that's what it golly. felt. <laughs> that's what it felt like on Monday because I because a I felt like we could win this game. B I felt like we could could beat any team, even New England. I mean, I, I really do. I think that this team could, um, you know. So, so that's what makes it tough. But you know, look, there's a lot to look to look forward to in the future. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot to be positive about. But so let, let, let's let's shift gears just a little bit, Matt, and let's maybe put uh, this bad memory to bed. Um, I'm not sure when or if I'll ever be able to watch that game again. Um, but. But let's look ahead just a little bit. I have the list of Cowboys that are going to be free agents. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to go through. And by the way, I, I, I did not list all of them. Uh, the Andrew Gatch cars of the world are not on this list. Um, oh, man. <laughs> but even then, there's still a lot of significant names on this list. I think To me, it looks like a large list. And... You know, we, it's too early to talk about draft or anything like that. But I'm going to go down this list, and we'll try to do this pretty quickly. But, I, you know, let, let, let's kind of rank these guys in one of three categories. Either A, we got to re-sign them, we got to have them back. B, I'd like to re-sign them, but only if it's at at a bargain or, or at the right pli- price. Or C, I don't care if we have them at all. Good luck uh, with another team. Okay? Got it. All right. Let's start in the secondary. We're going to go uh, Brandon Carr. Look, we know we signed Brandon Carr as a free agent. He he signed a deal that he that everybody knew he could probably never live up to. Um, he'll always be tied to that $50 million number. But with that said, he has never missed a game. He's been Mr. Reliable. Uh, what, what do you say about Brandon Carr uh, moving forward? I'm going with a B. I think uh, he had a tremendous year. Uh, but I also think that the Cowboys aren't in a situation where they can afford to overpay uh, for a guy who is uh, in the latter stages of his career. Uh, so want him on the team, but it would have to be option B, more yeah. realistic money. Yeah, basically a pay cut from from where he was. I mean, a, a new and lower per year uh, contract. A low, I'd, I'd resign him at a lower cap number, basically. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know how it goes these days. That's not realistic. So is we'll it, see what is happens. It not? I mean, he's older. I mean, he's is he is he worth as much as he was uh, three or four years ago? You're worth whatever somebody uh, offers to pay you. And well, you fair know. enough, fair enough. Yeah. 
So let's stay in the secondary. Let's, uh, and this is what's that's what's scary is Mo Claiborne. Morse Claiborne is also um, a free agent, and we, and we know the story with him. Trade up to get him, uh, plagued with injuries, didn't meet expectations, and then this year he just set the world on fire, and then got injured again. And uh, so, so what? What's your kind of outlook for for Morris Claiborne? I'm kind of conflicted on Claiborne because what if you you know what if you say he's injury ridden, but then he goes to another team and I don't know has a tremendous four or five year stretch. I mean, it's it's really hard to say. He he showed those flashes, and um, you know, again with some of these guys like Carr and Mo Claiborne, I, I think the Cowboys you know are just going to have to let them. Uh, see what their market value is before just throwing a number against the wall. And I think that that's what they'll do. Uh, but I also think some of these guys could go out into the market and maybe a Claiborne realizes that due to the injuries and uh, the things that have unfolded in his time in the league, that there may be a one or two year deal is the only thing that's uh, on the plate for him. And in that scenario, I think that the, you know, much like you, you see in the major leagues where yeah. a player will sign a one or two year deal where the second year is a, a team or a player option. You know, that might be something that, that they can do. And, and I would be OK with that for Claiborne. But in the spirit of answering A, B or C, I'm still going to say B because I don't think he's worth a big money contract. I think there's plenty of corners you can draft. And I think you look at Anthony Brown and uh, the value there. I'm not comparing him to Mo Claiborne by any means, but I'm saying you know, you can you can find parts, you can make them work, and and uh, without you know signing someone to a, a really large contract, I just don't think he's that guy yet. Yeah, I mean, I think I tend to agree with you. And you know, Mo was you know he they signed him to a one year deal at this time last year, so he he kind of he's kind of been there, done that. Uh, here, but here's a question I pose to you, and this is, I'm gonna this is why I'm trying to group these guys by position. And I, and I agree with you, B for both Carr and Playborn, Clayborn. Uh, but would you have to say that you have? Would you say that you have to sign one of those two guys? Can you afford to let both of them walk? Well, um, my initial response is is we'll find out. Um, but but I don't know. I, I would need to see what other free agents are available or. Uh, you know, or or you know, what the, the rest of the class. roster looks like. Because, I mean, I think Brandon Carter uh, was tremendous this year, but I just, you know, like we said before, it would have to be for the right price. And with Claiborne, you know, for the type of money that he might be looking for, you know, because think about it, you know, you get paid for your rookie contract. This is the one where you're supposed to cash in. Well, if that means you go play for the Jaguars, well, that's what he's going to go do. He's not going to say, uh, well, I want to be a Cowboys, so I'll take – you know, $14 million less, you know what I mean? So, well, and he, um, he kind of did that on a one year deal this year. So, I mean, he, and, and he, he, look, he put together some game tape this year. So I, I think he's going to get more offers this go around than he did last year when he signed the one year deal. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think that, um, I, I it's hard for me to look at it like that. So who do because you think I don't, you could get cheaper? I don't know. I haven't analyzed like the free agent list, but I'm just saying, if anything, drafting a guy like Anthony Brown just proves that okay, you know, there are corners out here, and as long as you don't have, you know, you know, Captain Dookie out there that can't cover anybody, you should be fine. I mean, you didn't have like all pros or anything out there this year either. I mean, based on like Pro Football Focus and all these other things, you know, you had 
pretty, you know, somewhat average guys. I mean, Claiborne's numbers are skewed by the fact that, you know, he only played in so many games. So uh, I don't know if they averaged out. But, yeah, I don't – of course, you don't want to lose both of them. But, I mean, yeah. also, if you – you know, we haven't even finished. I mean, we fi- those are the corners. But, like, if you if you <laughs> moved to Bar- started. No, I know. But if you if you go to Barry Church next, that's the guy I want to re-sign out of all of them. You know really? what I mean? I mean, yeah, he's he's I think he's been reliable. I think he's proven himself. And and, you know, I, I just think that with those other two, I mean, you know what you're going to get. I mean, basically, you, that's it. You, you don't have game changers. With, if, you, if you eliminate Browning, I mean, if you eliminate uh, Skandrick and Carr, you have Brown and Scan. Um, if you eliminate Claiborne and Carr, you have Skandrick and Brown returning. Um. So, look, I mean, I, I like both of those players, Claiborne and Carr. I'm just not willing to pay a lot for either of them. I'm just, you know what I mean? I uh, just Carr because he's look, he's he's probably past his prime. I think we can, I think he can do some damage in the draft, and and Claiborne because of the injury situation. So, that I started with those two because I I almost feel like that's probably the toughest call, and I think. The organization is going to feel like they need to keep one of them, and they're probably going to say uh, go with the cheapest. Because if you keep, let's say you keep Claiborne because he's he's the less expensive, and you go into next season with Claiborne, Skandrick, and Brown as your top three corners, I think you feel pretty good about that, right? Well, you, you feel good about it, but like I said before, they're going to find guys. It was just well, so, so early for us to say comparatively right. – you know what's what, so this, this is almost is all an impossible question. Yeah, it's almost an impossible question to answer because to me, yeah, and I'm not, I don't want to go back to this well too much, but you know, I also cover college football and the just the sheer amount of corners that are coming out, um, and, and that you know where the game is evolving into this spread them out, pass them type of game. Um, yeah, they're not all going to be superstars, but um, yeah, I've face, heard, I've I heard think, the draft is going to be really deep on corners this year and. Def- Yeah, but I mean, let's. uh, What I was going to get to is Claiborne was a top ten pick. He has not played like a top ten pick. Okay, you know he's not going to get top ten pick money. We both know that, but he is going to be looking for a paycheck. And you know, if that comes from the Cowboys and then he ends up earning it over time, great. You, me, anyone listening to this podcast are going to be very happy. But just the odds are that's not going to happen. So you know, I've just kind of made peace with the fact that you know maybe. He goes elsewhere. I don't know just yet. Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned Barry Church um, on, on on Church. Man, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B on him. Also, I just uh, I, I look. I don't look. I like. I like the guy. I I just think that that is a position that they could upgrade. Um, I like him a lot. And 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 the bad thing about saying that is. Um, I think it's very possible with a guy like Barry Church to underestimate his value in the locker room and his value as a team leader. So um, I know you said you like Church and that, that you that you really want to keep him. So you'd you'd make him an A. Like you gotta have him back. Yeah, I'd make him an A. And if you don't make him an A, then you better be drafting a safety in the first or the second round. You know, I don't think you can just replace him you know you can't well i say can't right but i I don't think you can just say okay we're gonna bring in this free agent you know um i think that you know i think he brings a lot to the back of that defense well if you let him go you 
and you don't draft anybody and you don't sign anybody, the next guy in line is J.J. Wilcox, who is also a free agent. Um, look, if you were to ask this question, if J.J. Wilcox were a free agent at the end of last year and you asked this question, I think every Cowboy fan there is would have said, see, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I think he has shown a ton of improvement this year. Um, it has been so, so much better. Maybe it's because he's had uh, far fewer snaps. Um, but but Wilcox, I, look, I don't think I don't think price is going to be an issue. I don't. I really don't. I think uh, I think they could get him back pretty cheap. And at this point, I mean, I think he's a great special teams player. I'd love to have JJ Wilcox back after this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I guess I'd say another B. I mean, I've just not seen a lot of no-brainers just yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree with everything you said. All right, well, let me see if I can get a C out of you, Rolando McClain. C. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all agree there. I'm going to stick to linebackers, and, uh, and I'm going to throw uh, – this one might be a, a toughie, but I'm going to say Justin Durant. I think Justin Durant's probably a B. Um, I, look, I think – I think Justin Durant brought a lot to this defense this year. I think he's one of the more overlooked players. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say uh, I'm. I mean, I'm gonna say B, and I would like to have him. But the fact of the matter is, you know, he's he's a guy that you got um, relatively cheap as a free agent, um, and and a guy that that has played well, and and I agree with what you said. But um, if you um, if you consider the fact that, that they've been able to draft pretty well at the linebacker position um, and, and that, you know, they could find a, another replacement, I just don't know if he'll be made a priority I mean, compared to his other, you know, possible offers. In the end, his replacement's name could very well be Jalen Smith. So Right. I didn't want to say that, but, you know, I don't know. Apparently the guy was saying, you know, if they'd have let him, he he'd, he would have been ready for the playoffs. So he, kind of exciting <laughs> But yeah, I, which look, he's positive. That's, that's a that's a difference maker. I had you know when I was uh, when I was watching the national not to go too far off subject, but when I was watching the national championship game, uh, they were talking about Alabama's uh, linebacker, the their freak linebacker, and uh, you know a couple of these draft gurus on Twitter were saying uh, the only other guy you know I've seen comparative or, or better than so and so is Jalen Smith and. You're just sitting there like, oh, man, you know, come on, get healthy. Let's go. Let's see this. So uh, yeah. that, that would be nice. That's exciting. Absolutely. All right. So let's go to offensive line. This is this is a tough one. Uh, Ronald Leary. Look, look, you got Lyle Collins there in the wings. I don't think with the depth they have on the offensive line, you want to overpay anybody. Uh, and, but at the same time, for all of the Cowboy fans and that that were screaming to trade Ronald Leary at the beginning of the season, aren't we so glad they didn't? He, I mean, I think this team got better with him in there. I think Lyle, Lyle Collins is going to be fine. Um, you know, there, there's Doug Free. He was not a free agent, but are they going to release him and move Collins to the right in, right tackle? Um, what do we do with Ronald Leary? I mean, do we do we do we try to bring him back? I think he's going to cost a lot of money because if I'm, you know, I don't know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to pay a lot of money for Ronald Leary. Uh, yeah, that's shout out to the Jaguars. That's our second reference. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, 
with Leary, what I've heard so far is that, that yes, he's probably going to get that and that Collins could slip in there. You know, we also heard, you know, when we were talking about last year this time about how what a great bargain Collins was that he could eventually take over at right tackle. Me personally, that's what I'd like to see um, because if Leary wants to be a cowboy and and we could label him with a B, you know, getting him in here at a reasonable price, uh, I was trying to cheat and uh, and look up Doug Free's contract details. Yeah, um, what you it, find? He looks like he is I think he signed. One year left. He's got one year left. He's at age thirty three. His base salary be five million, uh, with a one point five million dollars signing bonus, and he's hit? a seven point five million dollar cap hit. So, yeah, well, I don't I mean, know how look, there's, all there's the rules some- work on that. There's but two I'm, scenarios that sound that sound good, that sound great. One, you you keep Collins at left guard, and Chaz Green gets healthy and can replace Doug Free at right tackle. Well, look, when we saw Chaz Green healthy this year, he wasn't he wasn't too bad, and he's really really young. That um, they I think they drafted him to be a future starting tackle. So so that's one option. The other option is to keep Larry. And move and move Collins to right tackle. So either way, I mean, you, they have some depth there to work with. Um, yeah, I'd go with the B on Leary just because I I wouldn't overpay for him. But I the the, the problem with Leary is I just think there are teams that will overpay for him. And um, our our home, the city that we live in, I think the Houston Texans they desperately need some offensive line help. I could see them being one of those teams too. I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that would love to have uh, Leary as a as a guard, a starting guard for them. Yeah, he's going to get paid. I mean, uh, again, I don't know, just pie in the sky, just trying to get rid of Doug Free mostly. Um, so, so tip of the hat to you. Uh, but no, I, you know, I, I think he's going to get paid just, just like uh, old boy did. I forget his name. You know, from the the previous year, um, and that's fine. Uh, but I think that uh, you know, look. Uh, you still have Smith and Frederick on either side. Whoever you put at left guard, Collins has showed that he won the job. He was the starter. So at least you can keep your line intact, you know, obviously without the depth. Uh, but you can backfill that uh, later in the draft or, or in free agency. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, if you could somehow, you know, the interesting part is they're going to draft like 28th or 29th, you know, 27th, 29th, something like that. So um, it's a pretty interesting part of the draft to see, you know, what would still be available. And then certainly what happens from now until the draft in terms of, you know, rumors or trades and yada yada i mean you you never know yeah all right let's move on um quarterback you have kellen moore scheduled to make seven uh a little over 700k next year and then you have mark sanchez who we paid two million dollars this year um can we both agree that we keep kellen moore and and tell mark sanchez to uh take a hike and go pose for gq some more Get rid of both of them, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, I mean, Sanchez is bad, uh, so yeah, get rid of him. But more, I don't know what his deal is. I mean, if he wants to stay around for cheap, that's fine. But I think strategically, if if Romo will be gone, you do need a solid backup. You yeah. don't, you know, you don't want to put your, uh, yourself in this situation. But Sanchez isn't that guy. No, right. not at all. Yeah. Okay, and and more might be. I just think you're, what uh, you're and what what you're saying is we need some insurance. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. 
I, no, I agree with that, and I think we can get that insurance for a lot cheaper than two than a two million dollar cap hit, which is what yes. we we're paying uh, uh, Sanchez this year. Okay. Yes. No, we agree there. Um, next on my list is running back. We have Darren McFadden and Lance Dunbar. I'm going to try to start grouping them together here. Darren McFadden and Lance Dunbar. For me, Dunbar. Look, man. <laughs> I think the way college football is now. I think they're, those types of running backs are a dime a dozen. That, and I'm tired of waiting on this guy. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. We've seen flashes here and there, maybe two or three flashes a year, and that is it. They don't utilize him. They don't use him. I think he's a wasted roster spot. Um, and, and, and I don't know if you knew this. He's making over a million. He's over a million-dollar cap hit. I don't know the exact number. But oh, wow. I know it's over like it's over $1.2 million against cap. That's crazy for a running back you never use. We drafted Darius Jackson last year and then put him on the practice squad, and now he's gone to Cleveland. And so they drafted a guy that could have been the, a backup running back this year and, and, and ended up letting him go. I mean, I just think uh, I think it's time. Look, I like Dunbar. I like that he's a he's a Dallas guy. He you know he uh, well he ended up being a Dallas guy after Katrina and then uh, North Texas. I mean, I like Dunbar. As a person, you know, I just look. I'm tired of waiting on the guy to um, to be a contributing factor. Well, and, and it's kind of brings up an interesting conversation. Well, I agree with what you're saying, and and if the numbers are true, then then yeah, I mean, I, you know, you still you you believe in him, but you just haven't seen it consistently. Uh, but I would go a step further. I mean, you know, call it training wheels, or call it, you know, maybe you know whatever they're trying to do with with Zeke, but. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like the guy was uh, incapable of playing on third down. They had to have a new back in there on third down this year, and it was usually Dunbar when he was healthy. Um, so I, I would like to see them be more consistent. Well, I know that, but I'm saying like you know you're always like okay, well here's Zeke going off the field, uh, you know. So so you know we'll see. And and it was on these third and twos and things of that nature. So you knew what they were doing. So. Uh, that'll be interesting, but yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm see you later on Dunbar, and uh, really, I'm the same thing with McFadden. Really? Um, yeah, because you'd rather stick with uh, Morris because Morris well, has I another mean, year left on his deal. Well, I would I would rather stick with either Morris or I mean, look, Jared, I mean, you can get a guy like McFadden or Morris on your team or as a backup. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just but or as a backup, right? right. I mean, or as a, a, a spell type of back. I mean, I think that just proves that uh, not only can the Cowboys still attract free agents, but there are a lot of running backs that are going to be out there. Or you can look into the draft later in the, the rounds. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're set at running back. Uh, yeah, you need backups. Yeah, you need guys to spell him. Uh, but I just don't think McFadden is that guy that you spend money on. Yeah. Okay, so let's move to um, – okay, can we say C on Gavin Escobar? Isn't see you later. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I <laughs> they've got Jeff Swain. I mean, that's Je- been Jeff, a, that's, Jeff that's Swain was hurt. Good. Jeff Swain was hurt, but when we saw him early, early on this year and in preseason, Jeff Swain looks really good, and he's a better run blocker. I mean, uh, Gavin Escobar is one of the worst second round picks we've ever had, as far as yeah. production goes. Yeah, it's a see you later. Yeah, I mean he's gonna go. He's gonna go somewhere and light it up. He just is. I, you just know it. He's one of those guys. We've seen it how many times with Martellus Bennett, with Anthony Fasano, John Phillips. They always end up going somewhere else and being successful. But 
whatever. It's um, the Witten, uh, Witten, yeah. I'm better than you yeah. Uh, tree. Yeah, exactly. All right, defensive line. Um, I've got uh, Jack Crawford and Terrell McLean. I think Terrell McLean's an A. I think he's yeah. really impressed me this year. Yeah, I think he's earned it. I think he had a hell of a year uh, on Crawford. I mean, I hate to say C because that sounds bad, um, but but I think I'd that say B it, only because they need yeah. depth. Yeah, just because of depth, but I think they can find a guy like Crawford or, you know, let's say a tapper comes back. I mean, we don't know how all that plays out. So I would say yes, A to McLean and, and, you know, I don't know, maybe like a B minus or a C to to Crawford. I mean, all contributed well, but if we're just looking at the philosophy that the team has, right, I mean, they're they're just going to rotate. All right, and we, we I asked this question, and so we have two more, and I didn't purposely say these two for last, but we kind of talked about this one uh, a couple weeks ago. But you have Bryce Butler and Terrence Williams. Um, they didn't, they don't need both of them back, and and uh, Bryce Butler just didn't do anything on Sunday to help his case at all. And I think Bryce Butler has the physical skills. Um, I just don't think he has it upstairs. I think Terrence Williams doesn't have the physical skills, but he just always seems to find a way to make a play. And I hate the way he jumps for every play. I hate the way he catches it with his chest. And I hate the way he plays, but you can't deny that he makes more plays than Butler. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I don't know. I I just don't know, Jared. I mean, I go back to the game and – uh, the way offense is played now, there are so many wide receivers that, um, you know, if they're going to get another year out of Witten and Dez and, and Beasley, that um, I really think it could be plug and play with either a free agent and or uh, a draft pick. I mean, I think Williams uh, has had his opportunity to develop. I think he's had his opportunity to, to put his name or stamp onto the defense, and he just hasn't done that. So, um, you know, he's flashed as well. Uh, but, but, you know, we talk about Butler and, you know, what he did on Sunday. Well, Williams has worn the dunce cap plenty enough, you know, um, <laughs> that's true too. So, so I don't know with Butler, I would almost, I, I would almost just take whoever's cheaper. Um, well, sure, sure, sure. But I, I would almost say, take your third round pick, take the best, uh, receiver left and then let them learn or let them develop or take a flyer on a guy right. later in the rounds. Um, th- I mean, that's essentially what Williams is. So, uh, so yeah, I think he's replaceable. And, and I don't know. I don't think he's done enough to just separate himself to earn that money or to, no. to earn that spot. There have been a, there's been a lot of talk this year, a lot of comparisons to this team with the 92-93 teams. I mean, you have the offensive line. You have Witten and Novacek. You have Zeke and Emmett. You have, yeah. Well, I know Dak's a rookie, and we don't want to compare him to Troy. But you see what I'm saying. Then you have uh, Irvin and Dez. To me, the big drop off is from Alvin Harper to Terrence Williams. I think that's a huge drop off. Um, and so I just don't think either one of those guys are a number two receiver. Um, so I'm with you. I I I don't want to keep both of them. Uh, I want to keep whoever's cheapest and then draft somebody knowing that whoever I draft is going to compete to be our, 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 our Alvin Harper, our number two receiver. Well, yeah, and I don't want to be dramatic about it, but, you know, we talk about Dak Prescott and what he's been able to do and so on and so forth. Well, you know, you need to start surrounding himself with 
you need to start surrounding him with talent. And obviously they, we talked and and they have that in Dez. Clearly they have that in Beasley. They have that in Witten. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking, you know, towards the future, then, then yes, you might need to look at a, you know, pie in the sky would be like an OJ Howard from Alabama, right. To, to come in and, and, you know, be that tied into the future. However, yeah. you know, I, I still think you need to get some of these other receivers. Whether or not they re-sign both Williams and Butler, I still think you need to find a young guy to come in and push them because I don't know, with, with Williams, you I just it's hard for somebody to convince me that he's done enough to earn, you know, a, a contract and to to have that spot. Like that's yeah, like my some spot. crazy multi year deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, isn't it, I mean, so that that that's it from my list. And again, that's not even the entire list. That's just the ones I felt were notable. That's a long list. I mean, there's a lot of question marks going into this offseason. There's a lot of decisions that this organization is going to have to make. And, you know, a, lo- a lot of what they decide on who they bring back is going to determine what they're going to do in, um, in free agency and in the draft. And so... Um, uh, you know, a whole lot of stuff coming up and there's a lot of different ways it can go. The good thing is, um, I think they're, you, that they have a core, um, they have a core group of players that is in place that is really impressive, um, at running back quarterback, top wide receiver, linebacker. Um, and to me, the areas that they don't have any an offensive line, the areas that they don't have the core is defensive line. Um, and, and, and to me, what stands out most about this list is you, you, to some degree, you have the core of your secondary all on this list, Brandon Carmo, Claiborne, and Barry Church. Those are the names that are the, you know, kind of the, that draw the most attention and, and, you know, you hope you don't end up losing all three of those guys. So, um, so that, that's kind of, uh, the free agents and looking ahead, um, what we're going to kind of do. Matt, I think we, you know, we talked about it as we go into this off season. We're gonna um, take a little break. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's been a just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal run. I, I, I couldn't have enjoyed doing this with you any more, and, and the fact that we did it on such a crazy year just made it that much better. I'm, I'm glad we didn't try to do this on an eight and eight season. Um, it's been, it's been just uh, so much fun and a fantastic uh, season as a fan and. As tough as Sunday was, I'll, I'll always uh, remember this this season um, very, very fondly. So um, many thanks to you, Matt, and I've really enjoyed doing this with you. Hey, like uh, right back at you, man. That was uh, that was so sweet. You, you brought me to tears over here. Uh, no, I'm hugs, just kidding. Uh, no, it's been a lot of fun, man. I uh, I look forward to doing it again. It, it's made. Uh, it's made the weeks uh, uh, and days following up to games a, a lot more interesting. And, you know, like you said, it's been something we wanted to do for a while. And um, what a great year to start it. You know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty much a bummer this week. And um, but the the only consolation is just knowing that you've got those two young guys and that, you know, hopefully they can. Hopefully they can continue to improve the defense because I think the cre- like we said the cream rises in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers came and uh, he won. You know you didn't have anybody. You know David Irving didn't didn't do anything uh, pass rush wise. The only guy to really bring down Rodgers was Heath of all people. You know so the four so safety on your depth chart. Yeah, yeah. So I mean again, uh, you know you you kind of. 
we knew all this stuff and and it, and it shook out the way that it did so you know like we said maybe next time but yeah man right back at you i've had a lot of fun uh we'll take a hiatus and then hopefully uh, we'll come back to talk a little bit more about the draft and and free agency as uh as the month of uh you know march and, and april get here yeah everybody stay tuned on social media we're, we're gonna Maybe do a show after uh, the combine and kind of during that free agent period, uh, free agency period, to talk a little bit about what what kind of uh, waves the Cowboys are making in free agency. We'll probably do another show the week before the draft, then a show the week after the draft um, to to cover all of that. Then we'll probably just uh, take another break and then come back um full strength in training camp and so that's the plan we will be back next year and in in here and there through the off season so if you stuck with us if you if you if you've jumped on the unofficial review bandwagon we appreciate it um we uh we we really do so uh, you know continue to follow us on twitter and uh and facebook uh twitter at unofficial rev facebook search unofficial review uh, you know, if you haven't done it, done so already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. For Matt Claire, this is Jared Evans. Thank you so much for listening to the Unofficial Review. See ya.